because she's actually currently teaching kids who are underprivileged and that is why we hope that through these stories that you're going to be listening today we are able to help inspire you to help those who are underprivileged or like unfortunate and anyone out there who needs help so yeah so um Brandy actually when did you start teaching them and like why did you choose to do so actually Alright, um, to be honest, I actually just started last year at the start of 2020, around May. Um, why I decided to choose to teach all these underprivileged kids, mm-hmm. to be very honest, I started off as um, being really interested in teaching children. And so I asked um, a friend of mine for advice since she was very experienced in this field. And as I was talking to her, she actually asked me if mm-hmm. I had any prior experience with children and she asked me to join her um, in this thing called Kalumpang um, service so she asked me if I would like to join her together with her team to gain experience in teaching so this these bunch of kids on um, they are from this area called Kalumpang and they are students of very um, wide age so it ranges from like 8 all the way to 16 so and I considered about it and I decided to join because I needed to gain some exposure and to see re- whether um, early child education was really a field I wanted to pursue mm-hmm. I see, I see well, do you re- ever regret joining them actually? Uh, to be very honest mm-hmm. There was some time as really draining and all, but overall, I really enjoyed um, being able to teach. Um, for now, I have only been teaching it online since um, MCO and all this COVID thing is happening. But actually, before all this COVID actually happened, my friend and her team actually went down there physically and um, every Fridays and Saturdays, and they just passionately teach every single subject and to all these different kids. and. All this time, I have always wanted to join, but I couldn't because I have work, I have studies. But now, since it's done online, I went and gave it a shot. Mm, I see. Uh, could you tell us what subjects you have taught them, actually? Uh, for now, cur- last time we taught quite a few subjects like maths, BM, um, and English. But now, we mainly teach English because um, these children, they are actually Chinese-based. So in terms of other languages, they are quite weak, especially in English. I see. Okay. Well, is there any stories, any of these students' stories that you can share with us? Oh, well, uh, I would say 
the one story that really stood out to me mm-hmm. and really changed my perspective on underprivileged kid was this story of five children. It started off with this dad and he married a foreigner. Uh, and yeah, and they had two daughters mm-hmm. and they were about nine, eight, nine, eight, nine years old. Mm-hmm. Then one day the father decided to cheat oh my on the wife. Oh and no. he went for another lady. Oh god. And the worst part was that this first wife she was so furious, she was so bitter, and she oh, was just yeah. filled with so much anger, she took it out on her kids. Oh no, oh no, no, no. So what she actually did was she locked up her two daughters. Oh, poor things. Yeah, and it was super bad, like she starved them. Oh my go- oh my goodness. Okay. She starved them, she went in, she, she just exploded, she beat them up, physically beat them up, and starved them, and they were just not being properly taken care of and the father knowing everything that's happening he chose to turn a blind eye on this what was worse that now he has a second family so he completely ignored the first one he acted like they didn't exist yep you could say that oh my god and the result of this happening to the two girls is that now they're around 20 years old but they have a mind of a six-year-old child so now even though their their age is so um, quite old but their cognitive skills their ability to answer questions because of this abusive mother and a father who didn't care so that that just really hurt me when i when i was teaching them and i saw how incapable and how how much they were just like delayed compared to those of their age and it just hurt so much yeah then now yeah so after that the father actually cheated on the first one and went to the second one so now he on with his second wife he had three kids so the first one was the daughter and then um another two sons that came after so this this father um continue being very neglectful of the children and what was worse was that the first wife actually ran away then not not long after the second wife also out of nowhere disappeared and these kids are not registered in malaysia they didn't they don't have a birth certificate they don't have an ic the father didn't bother getting them one and to be very honest, when I spoke to the father um, about, you know, what are your dreams for your children? And he just said, I want them to be waitresses and waiter. And so these kids, um, they are about age 15 to 11. So the eldest being 11, uh, 15, then the youngest 11, then the middle one's about 13. They have been working mm-hmm. as waiters and they have been earning money since from a very young age and the father oh God. stole their money stole oh their money that's such a wait so you're saying that he took their hard-earned money why why would he take their hard-earned money that's the thing he himself barely works all he does is gamble oh. smoke oh. i know this sounds like a very typical story but it's very real so you're saying this family not only did they have an abusive mother, another mother that disappeared. Exactly. And now these 
five kids are left in this world to fend themselves without any prior knowledge because they didn't have any parenting. Correct. And they are lost. They are so... What? That's crazy. And to ladies out there, this is a sign. If you are dating someone or you plan on marrying someone, make sure they're not like this. If you see any red flags, red signs whatsoever of him being maybe abusive, him neglecting you or maybe like after your money, please dump him. Please just go. Don't stay. They're not worth it. It's not worth it. But this is this is really ridiculous. But how how did you guys find this family actually? How did they how were they able to reach out for this education? Uh so this this father, uh, he had a sister. Oh. So the sister actually goes to uh, my church, and when he saw the condition of her brother's family, like children, like they were just like so neglected, she decided to gather a team um, from my church and went down to um, this area and decided to completely remove the children away from the father. Yeah, so God bless that lady over there. Thank goodness. So, are they under her now? Are they under her care? Uh, Yes, now um, they are completely under her care. She actually um, stopped working to pay full attention to the children. So, she actually saved up some money and now she's um, fully taking care of um, these five kids. Um, varying from a very different um, range of age. Yeah, so I think it's a very good thing because not only does he neglect them, but he also, the father actually taught the children very, very bad moral um, acts such as um, smoking. The sons actually picked up smoking. How old are they? They are legit just 13 and like 11. Oh dear. Yeah, so... When we went over, when we went down to help them, it was quite hard to help break the children from um, this addiction to smoking and and slightly a bit of drinking. And they're so young, and they are so young. That's the thing. And they're so young. Yeah. So it's quite hard. Like not only the children have to work, they also had to study. And what's worse is that they go into a government school but they are not properly taken care of and the teacher doesn't really catch up on them because they are not counted as citizens of Malaysia because they didn't have any birth certificate, they are not identified, they do not have IC. So in a way, the teacher also didn't bother to put an extra effort to help them as well. So this really just broke my heart. So just like the father, everyone else around them turned a blind eye to them. Yes. So they didn't even bother, they didn't acknowledge their existence and so they were just kind of floating around this world without any sort of purpose in a way. That's ridiculous, that's how, that's so cruel, that's not fair to them. Exactly. That's so so not fair and their father, he shouldn't even be called a father. I don't think he he deserves the title father, he does not deserve the title father at all. That's ridiculous but I'm glad that they are out of his care, at least out of his... Actually, I hope he's out of their life, not yes, not the opposite. I hope he's out of their life. He does not deserve to be in the presence of those kids. He does not de- deserve at all. He 
should be sent to jail. I really hope I agree. He should I be, strongly agree. He should be in jail. He should he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be here. But it really shows that like parenting is important to a child, especially yes. at a young age because right. that's kids don't know anyone else. The first people that the kids know is their parents, of course. So without the parents' guidance, how are they supposed to like know what's right, what's wrong? Like that's ridiculous. So now now that you've told us about this family story, was it hard to teach them like what was the hardest part when it came to teaching these kids? For when I started teaching um I saw that they were struggling a lot and I I would say the hardest part uh, when it comes to teaching them would be pushing them out of their comfort zone to not be afraid of making mistakes and just really learn from it and just sharing out their answers um because I think they're just so prone to like being so fearful of making mistakes in life getting punished so I would say it that's why one one of the factors that limits um their growth in learning and I would say second part that's very hard when it comes to teaching them would be the different age group because um this this thing that I'm currently doing um they vary so much in the age so some topics that I do they're just so easy for the older ones and you can tell that the older ones are just like um Yeah, they are really bored and they they just really want to move on and then they're just like, "Uh, teacher, can we move on to the next one?" while the younger ones are like struggling and then they haven't completely finished. And if I do a topic that is um slightly harder, it'll be too hard for the younger one to even understand because I have children who completely don't even understand alphabets to children who can form proper sentences. So to be able to find a common ground it is actually very hard but so far we're currently trying to find um a topic that is neither too easy nor too hard um so that um the, the younger ones can gain the basics and the foundation and the older one can reinforce what they have learned and really solidify their learning and i would say normally teaching online now the common struggles of all teacher it is very Um, it is less interactive compared to face to face because correct. So now, you know the struggles of students not wanting to on their camera. They don't want to open their mic. They don't want to reply you. They don't want to do the activities. The list goes on, and I would say this is these are like the few facts that um is one of the hardest when it comes to teaching these children. That's definitely something. I'm sure that, but at the same time, like even though it's so hard, like teaching is so hard, but I feel like the reward is yes. always so it's so worth it. Like it is you, so worth it when you see them like, cause when you mention about them being afraid of making mistakes, it's it's really sad because making mistakes is how we grow, and it and like you mentioned before, like because. They were abused so much that they fear making uh, they fear making mistakes, and that's why they are like children stuck in adults' bodies. Hmm. It really hurts to know that, and that is that's that was really ridiculous. That's really ridiculous. I really hope that I hope that they know that they are not worthless in a way. Yes, because I feel like 
besides like you saying them having fear and all, I feel like they probably their self esteem is probably down to the it was their self esteem is so low, dear. But truly, I tell you, by teaching these kids, I see some of the kids there with just so much potential. They're just brimming with like knowledge and like the eagerness to learn. Some of some of it is really the children, and I can see it. And some of them are just like. Um, so eager to learn new things, and some are just um willing to try. Whereas some might be more afraid, but the potential is there, and they just really needed proper care from you know adults in their life. So I would say, all in all, even though it is very hard teaching them, and I might be discouraged, but to be honest, seeing them grow, seeing them form longer sentences, seeing them to be able to pronounce words. Those times are just so rewarding, and it just really makes my day. It just puts a smile on my face. Like, if I were you, I would cry. <laughs> I would definitely cry. Yeah. Well, now onto the question. Now that we know that these family are like broken, there's like the family that like we know that these kids are like definitely like they have put they put the effort. You know, they are trying. They're willing to try, but. Does the family situation affect the way you teach? I would say family play a very important role in how much the children learn, and it definitely has indirectly affect the methods that I teach. Um, first of all, it really the family, it really they have really limit the efficiency of like the children's development in education because all in all, first of all, they don't. Um, encourage their children to learn. What? Yeah, and second of all, they don't provide any materials for them to like properly um take down notes and really have all these proper materials or like books that teach them language or like maths and so on. I would share. I like to share one story. Like one day, I the parents was in the video. The ch- the child actually on her video, and I saw the parents at the background. So I I asked the child. Um. Remember, take out your notebook and write. Then she, she, she said, "Oh, she doesn't have a notebook." Then her parents, um, from the background, the parents was laughing at the child. I was, I was a bit annoyed. I was like, "Why would you laugh at your child?" Then I was like, uh, "Maybe you can go get another book." Then the mother came forward and the mother said, "Oh, uh, I'll get her a book, um, soon." Um. So for now, uh, my child can only use paper. So I I agreed to it. So I just told the child to remember to keep the paper and get a book as soon as possible. But as week passed by up until today, I tell you, the child has not even gotten a proper book for her studying, and that just really, it just really pisses me off. And seeing the the parents not being supportive of their children to gain better education, it just really, it is so discouraging. And And I would say another point is that um, the attitude of the parents towards education. Um, the parents, all in all, don't really push the children to like, oh, you must go to school, you must do the homework, you must respect the teacher, you must do the 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 homework that the teacher gives. And I would say these are like the family situation that just really creates that attitude and mindset, uh, mindset in the children to not like. Try to even bother studying, and this really limits the children to see how much education can impact their life. Because like the parents themselves, they don't even like put the effort and like 
enforced education in their life. So in a way, they are very irresponsible. So very like very irresponsible. So I would say um, the family situation definitely um, affected the methods of my teaching because I have to create with I have to create more um, interactive, more engaging, and more um, exciting lesson plans just to get them in- engaged and I don't even know whether you'll last forever because the children ultimately they still look at their parents and um, really model what their parents do at the end of the day that is that is really something the fact that your child needs just, it's just a notebook a note I'm sure you can find really cheap notebooks from like Mr. DIY for like to ring it or like even yeah. cheaper it would I know like it. I'm sure that these families are definitely financially unstable but wouldn't you want a brighter future for your child exactly they, they are your future and they they need to be on par with the other children to be able to find a job in the future too and it's just a notebook Every and the fact that they laugh at their child like do you not know that that really affects your child's self-esteem too? Exactly. Like, do these even do these parents even deserve to be called parents? I don't think so. Yes. I feel like they should. These these kids need to be removed from these households because if this keeps up, I don't think. The kids themselves, I mean, at this young age, their self-esteem is even though. But as they grow up, it's going to be even tougher for them. This is especially now in this very fast-paced world where oh. knowledge are just continuously just expanding and expanding. The fact they don't have education just really means that they're just going to be left behind. They are actually going to suffer so much in the future. People are harsh. And if you can't be on the same page as people, people will look down on you, and that's even that's gonna be even worse for them. This is this is ridiculous. Like such parenting should never exist. But since we know that they have such low self esteem, I'm sure like you better than anyone else would definitely know how low they see themselves. But is there is there any way that you do to like motivate them to like never give up on themselves maybe? Alright, since I have started teaching online, I'm not really sure um what um what they did to motivate the children when they did face to face. But on um, on this online teaching team, we have been always verbally encouraged them. Um we have always um assured them and affirmed them that there's no harm in making mistakes and it's always a, a joy to learn from each other and we have always encouraged them that you know we are all here to learn together and because um, I would need to translate the English into Chinese for them so personally as someone who's quite bad in Chinese I have actually also learned a lot of things so we will always um, be very honest with the children that we are also learning new words and you know when sometimes when I struggle to translate um, from English to Chinese to the children, the older children, they will actually translate it for me. And we'll, we'll always take those opportunities to always oh, show them, you see, we're even us, you know, even though like we're 18, we're 19, we're 20, 
and we're teaching you guys. We're still learning and we are still making mistakes in our Chinese pronunciation and we're always there to learn from each other. And so this is one of the ways we always do to motivate uh, motivate them to never give up on themselves. Um, regardless of their age, they can still keep um, catch up with their peers. And I guess um, the second way is to by giving gifts. So um, we have always told the children that um, if you hit um, 60% of the mini tests or the mini quizzes we have that um, such as spelling, matching, fill in the blanks or forming sentences, and we told them that if you manage to get a certain uh, marks, you'll definitely get gifts and well, so far we have been sending down gifts um, every two months as we mm, continuously take down um, their grades from all the tests and for those children who have been attending but um, hasn't been very interactive, we plan to also um, introduce a new system where we would um, take down points for every attendance, um, every session they come onto Zoom, every time they on their camera and every time they on their mics. Even though they may not be able to um, write down sentences or give um, provide answers, but by showing them that um, your your presence itself is something that is very encouraging and by being able to get gather points from um, all these factors of attendance, owning a mic and camera and we will be able to maybe have a system where they can exchange their points for our gifts and we can also encourage um, those younger ones to never give up on themselves to always come and choose to attend um, these classes that we have that's actually very that's a very good way to encourage them because i'm sure like to them earning something because i'm sure like to them it's like oh i have nothing with me like i don't have anything but just by getting these masks i'm sure like us as when we were younger too we were like oh wow i i get to get this sticker this cute mermaid sticker sign me up sign me up i will do my best and then they put their full effort and then that's a good way to encourage them instead of telling them that you must like it's like having it's like them getting a reward is definitely and you not only do they get a reward you get to see them happy too and you get to see them try their best i think that's like the biggest reward we can get and having the attendance thing would definitely be a lot good too not only were they able to like you know because like it kind of helps them build their courage you know help them give them give them more like um strength to like give them more motivation to like try to engage even if they don't speak like you mentioned before and in a way if you think about it it kind of tells them that hey you do matter it doesn't matter if you don't answer me i know you're there i know you're listening i know you're there in my class so just seeing you makes me happy in a way that i feel like that can definitely boost their their confidence they they would definitely grow some like they would know they matter. That's I think that's the biggest thing. They would know they matter. They are not trash like maybe their parents tell they are. They are not the, as low as they think they are. They matter. Just like everyone else in this world. You matter. I matter. We all matter. I feel like this topic <laughs> is so heavy. It's definitely very heavy. There's so much going on. Like It must have been really tough for you too. It's like We know like it's tough on these kids but you Someone, as someone who teach them, it must be tough on you too. Like, see, it must have felt 
helpless like sometimes it feels helpless like because the parents don't like they don't work with you even though you're trying your best your very best to help their kids you know help their family situation like have you ever felt like quitting um i wouldn't say i have ever felt like quitting but there are just some moments where i just felt like i just didn't want to continuously teach every single week because oh dear it was just very discouraging and it was quite draining as well because i'm like sometimes I think I think to myself, you know, I could be using this time to like do other things and my assignments in college or even work. But there are really just some moments where I just felt so um, discouraged because I saw so much potential in the children, but the children didn't want to put themselves out to try, even though we have assured and encouraged them. And the parents also um, seeing the parents not supporting the children and not um, giving them the necessities to study it was quite discouraging at some moments where sometimes I myself, I also lose um, the, the goal I had in mind when I decided to join this but I would say until today um, I have never, I, I haven't quitted and I won't be um, anytime soon I will still choose to spend my time to plan lessons and to continue to interact with them because they are just so worth it they are just so worth definitely. it definitely correct and these children they they may come from a really poor family they may they might come from a really broken family but to be honest when i teach them and i see how much they grow it is so worth it and they are just filled I have so much hope in their future, to be very honest. So now it's just really the parents on whether they want to put the effort to boost their children's development. So all in all, this would be my answer. Now that now that you've mentioned about it, at the end of the day, it's always the parents. Like It kind of feels like the parents are anchoring these kids down in a way. Like they are holding back the child they are holding back them from what they are like their full potential and like I'm sure like they are definitely a bundle of joy amen <laughs> they are definitely a bundle of amen. joy amen they are so precious they are really definitely innocent kids are so innocent they don't that's the thing they don't know that is why we need to teach them and the fact that these parents I, I'm so I'm so sorry but I'm really really frustrated with these parents like how can you let a child your own child go through such thing how could you hit your child how could you like I mean scolding your child and they make a mistake it's fine but not too not too often because it does it really does take a toll on their mental health. It, it, even though we always joke around, you know, we always make the jokes, haha, Asian parents, you know, school, they always scold you, I scold you, scold you. But at some point, it really does affect the well-being, the, the, the kids' mental health. And the children are just really the product of the parents' parenting. Oh dear. It is, it really shows, it really, really shows. And I hope that these parents, one day, maybe one day, maybe just one day, they see how much potential their kids have, how much this bundle of joy has, like what they have in the future. I'm sure they have so much in store. And I hope one day the parents will finally just open their eyes and realize that, hey, maybe there is a chance for my kid. Maybe there wasn't a chance for me, but there's a chance for my kid. Yes. And because at the end of the day, 
child doesn't always have to follow the parents' footsteps, you know? Like, I'm sure, like, with you, you guys, with your group of, like, even including you, I'm sure, like, with you guys, like, teaching them so much, showing them so much positivity, I'm sure these kids will definitely be forever thankful, and I hope, I really hope that they can keep, you guys keep it up, and these kids will finally get the future they deserve. So, <laughs> that was so much to talk about. I agree. And, and, Besides teaching, have you, like, was there anything out there that, like, you thought that, like, you didn't notice at first and then you realised, wait a second, I need to help these people out. Is there any, like, besides these, like, underprivileged kids, was there anyone else out there that that needed help, that you know? Oh, oh, I have one, I have one. Okay, this is, um, outside my teaching field, but this is actually just... My neighbors, they legitly just live across me. Yeah, so it's it's actually a very interesting story because for my whole life that I was living, um, oh, I would say I'm I'm turning nineteen this year, so I would say um, maybe like fifteen years of my life, I've heard my neighbor. Um, they are a family of two, so they are siblings, but they are about like sixty sixty plus years old. And they were always screaming, they were always yelling at each other, they were throwing things at each other. Yeah. And from my house, on balcony, seeing them, I could see curtains being teared down. And then the, the, the sister would just scream at the brother. And they didn't even bother hiding the fact that they were screaming and yelling. The sister was just screaming, um, throwing things, telling the brother to um, scram, screw off, why are you so useless? And all our neighborhood would just come out and just stare at them. And we we never really knew why they were fighting until this year during MCO where my whole family was at home more than recently when MCO happened where my whole family is at home. Then one day, um, the brother, which is the uncle, um, Suddenly, he was lying down outside. What? Yeah, right outside his house. Um, but he was within the gates. But he was just lying flat on the ground, not moving. Oh. Um, not shouting for help. That was the very weird part. He was not shouting for help. He was just lying down there with his eyes open. That's actually a scary sight to see. Just someone lying down on the gro- ground, not responding at all. Exactly. Then. My little brother actually saw and he went and grabbed my older brother and they quickly went over to him and helped him get up. And turns out um, after uh, my both my brothers went and helped them and bring the uncle in, um, they, they learned more about the family and turns out that uncle actually has di- diabetes. That's why um, he couldn't feel his body anymore. He couldn't feel his leg, he couldn't feel his hand and he just didn't have the strength to pull himself up yeah and that's why he was lying on the ground and what was worse was that the auntie who has been screaming and yelling at him she also had multiple cancer and it was just not the brain cancer she also had um, breast and neck cancer and it was just very severe and when my brother walked into the house the living condition was so bad. I'm pretty sure everyone here has been watching YouTube and you guys see those um, 
houses Ooh, that are just intense, cle- those intense cleaning ones. Yes, is it? correct. And then you just see that family; they they are just keeping so many things, and they don't even have a walkway into oh. their room. That was how bad their house, their living condition was. We, yeah, that's why. Um, after seeing the living condition of that household, where there was not even a walkway, um, the uncle himself was sleeping on a broken wooden block. Wait, a block? A broken wooden square looking bed where there's no mattress, no pillow. But Wait. yes, correct. Uh, just so you're saying he's been sleeping beside all this trash, all these like stuff they've been holding onto. Correct. What was worse was that um, the uncle actually struggled using the toilet. So my brother actually witnessed um, actually having to excrete um, outside on uh, cut boxes and it was just a, re- a, a, a very eye-opening experience when we really truly get to know the family situation and why they were screaming, why they were yelling, why they were fighting and because the lady refused to let her in and so um, from there my brother actually um, decided to go into the house and help out clean up just throwing things that um, they don't need and eventually I went in and I saw the living condition myself and I was in shock it was so bad it took us days and days and days and days just to clean one room oh my how many rooms were in the house? there were like four five rooms it's just one room oh dear it was very bad because both these um, uncle and auntie they were just so resistant in everything we wanted to throw like they had so much plastic fog they are like no we need it we need it you can't throw it and then like old pictures that it's not even their family portrait it was just some portraits of some other random strangers they wanted to keep it they insist on keeping it like broken broken glasses they had they had over 10 sunglasses and they insist on keeping it and all these unnecessary things that in their life that is so unhygienic and so dirty and they still want to keep it so i would say this is one of the struggles that we have as we approach this family and so yeah but eventually we managed to clear up um the the room we threw everything that was unnecessary and i would say the house um trash um all these unnecessary items was really reduced at least 60 percent and that's better that's better yeah so we really um how to say we really reflected on ourselves and how easily we judge others we were really grateful that we were able we we were granted the opportunity and to just really reach out to this family and to be able to um, constantly keep track on their health and just to really be there for them and just um, you know help them whenever they need um, up until this day actually the, the auntie has like my brother's phone number so whenever the uncle collapsed um, she would call my brothers over and then will help um, um, bring the uncle stand on his feet again or maybe have um, proper um, to be able to sit down properly as well um, because the auntie herself she's quite um, weak mm. Yeah, so we're just really glad that we were able to um, help this family out. It must have been very heartbreaking to see a family, like the two of them being so ill, Correct. having cancer and diabetes and living under such condition. Correct. Do they not have any other family members or was it just the two of them? 
from what I've heard, um, they do not have um, any close relationship with any of their other family members um, because some of them are overseas. Um, I would say um, the, the auntie actually has quite a stable income but um, the uncle was a construction worker but due to his health now he couldn't um, work so now it's fully dependent on the auntie and so um, all in all I would say the family now does not have any close tie relationship with any of their relatives or anyone in general so they are like they have nobody but themselves now correct so but I'm glad at least they have you guys it yes it's it's so ironic to me because I've been to your place before I've heard them before I've heard them scream and shout over five years. For five years, and we we never knew their condition. We thought they were like maybe we we thought they were like crazy, you know, like, like yeah in the broad daylight, like in broad daylight they were just screaming and yelling, and we, we were just like there chilling, and we thought like, man, chill, like calm down. Why are you so angry this early in the morning? And now that you said that, now that you mentioned about this story. It's it really like you mentioned like you said it really shows how much we judge people like how we just without knowing their situation without knowing what they're going through we judge them and now that we know it now this is really a, a huge eye opener correct because we are we're, we're just so prone to judging people and mm-hmm. we're just so easily um, affected in a way of how we look at people and to be very honest, when I saw them fighting and I would just like, oh, this is an entertainment, I'll just sit there and I'll just look at them and I'll just think this is a very funny scene. Like drama. Correct. Like yeah. drama. Because we just live in a society where we just want to like look at other people and just see what's happening but never truly know what's underneath everything that we're seeing. Like people are always in it for the drama but then when the drama is fully revealed, like we only know like what's in the front. We don't really know the behind the scenes, and once we know behind the scenes, it's always not what we expect. I feel right. like it's always that. And I'm glad that you guys are helping them now. I really hope they get better so they can get the medic. Do they are they on the medication? Actually, they have a lot of medications, and um, they, the auntie actually bought a lot of medications. And but the thing is that the uncle doesn't take it. Oh. And they just, when I was sorting out that the medications, some were actually expired and the auntie insisted on keeping them. Then we also confronted the auntie, we're like, if you're, if you're, if you're just gonna keep it and not eat it, it defeats the whole purposes. But I would say now, um, the uncle is getting better. He actually received support from the government hospital and the funds because my brother actually decided to call the ambulance even though the auntie like insisted and said my, the uncle is okay. Um, after calling the ambulance um, and came, the uncle actually managed to receive proper treatment in the hospital for a few days and now he returned and now he is able to walk and even ride his motorbike. That's, that's, that's a huge glow up. Yeah, I, I, we love to hear that. We love to see that. Let's go. It really shows that like just by these small actions people do like these like small moments it makes a huge difference. It really shows that the mm-hmm. effort and the helping hand that you choose to mm-hmm. offer to in any aspects of this world it mm-hmm. really it really just makes a difference and you might not
not think of it as something very great, but it it can turn to a really great blessing mm-hmm. to another person. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Just something small, you know. You do you don't need to like contribute something like huge, you know. Like it's not like you have to like donate a huge sum of money, correct. but just providing support, but just giving them like help. It's well, enough. Correct. Just 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 helping a family sustain for three months. Just because of MC, just to help them sustain for three months, mm-hmm. it is good enough. It makes an impact. It makes a definitely impact, and maybe because of this impact, they are able to like finally stabilize. They can like have their, they can stable their life again, and it's 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 very it's definitely rewarding. It's definitely rewarding. So <sighs> that was really something. So if you ever see like something, if you ever okay, I think this is like. Like you have this gut instinct, where you feel like something is wrong. Like you felt like something is not right. Do it. Like help them out. Like if you feel like, oh, right. I feel like this person might be going through something, but they don't seem like it. Even if they don't seem like it, help them out. Like reach out to them. Like really, some people like whenever they're struggling, they don't know how to reach out to others because right. like usually they feel like they are a burden but let them know you're not a burden i'm here to help you i'm here to support you even though i can't give you much but i'm willing to like stand by your side i'm willing to like help you out when i can when I, whenever i can and like within my re- limit like within my reach i will help you and that already can make a huge impact to people right. it can definitely not like like what brandy mentioned like it can definitely like brighten their days but it can also change their whole life Correct. it can definitely change them and they can definitely see things in a more positive light because wow someone actually reached out to me someone is willing to help me and by you helping them they can help others too they would definitely feel like i've been through this before i've been through something similar to this before i can i know how it feels like i know, i relate to you and i'm here to help you get out of it i can help you because i've been through this, something similar to you and it's like a chain reaction and like you know the support it's just that support people like really even though like i guess like the biggest um thing the biggest um fear most of us have is I, I, like you mentioned like the comfort zone like because we are always stuck in this comfort zone you know like we don't see things around us because of this like it's nice being in the comfort zone because you know you're safe and all mm-hmm. but at the same time there's so much going on around you Correct. by just stepping out just a little bit you will see so much like and by seeing so much you can like you not only can you help others you can definitely help yourself too like like she mentioned like Brandy mentioned like not it's not just about you learning like you me helping you you can help me too like i can learn from you too we can learn from one another it's always right. a two-way it's never just one person benefiting it's from the other it's always mutual it's always mutual that's the thing so reach out to those that need help and to those who are struggling reach out there are people who are willing to help you there are people who will help you don't be afraid to step out of that comfort zone <laughs> so we're almost finished with our segment so before we end this podcast and all um is there any way like the youth can help out with this is there any way they can help like to volunteer and all uh first of all i something what sophie said just now um reaching out to people i would say um first of all um you guys should definitely be more aware of the people around you and mm-hmm. second is to really bear that attitude of being fearless mm-hmm. 
don't be afraid. Don't let don't let your fear limit you to reach out to them, mm-hmm. and to just really um, have that attitude of positivity and um, of hope to be able to help them in any way. Because what is there? What 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 are actions shameful? They're not shameful. Your your thoughts of doing something good for people it is not shameful. Definitely. So what is holding you back? Are you? Because the action, the help you're offering, the volunteer service that you're offering to these people, it is something that you should be proud of. So you shouldn't like close off the thoughts of, oh, you know, what if people judge me? What if I get rejected? What if they don't need my help? So what? You actually approach them with an intention to help them. You might, um, they might, you might get rejected at first. You might, um, they might um, think you you're, away. they might push you away. Mm-hmm. They might think you're a stranger. Why would they want to? you know be vulnerable in front of you but mm-hmm. it might spark them to see that you know that someone who actually care mm-hmm. about them when nobody did mm-hmm. and maybe out of that 50 percent or like the 100 percent maybe only like 20 percent will accept your help mm-hmm. that 20 percent matters so definitely don't be afraid go reach out definitely. just ask questions um ask questions and just really get to know. Be comfortable. Be relaxed. Okay. If you're nervous, then they're nervous too. Okay. Then I guess second second way of actually um, choose a social issue and go search up the NGOs, the non-government organization around you. And um, you can actually go to their website. And I tell you one thing, they just need so many volunteers. And you just go click I volunteer. Just drop your contact number. Drop your email just really get to know how the NGO runs and what they do and from there you can really help the people around you so these are like some ways I would suggest for the youth to just really be out there in the world and make a small change or a big change so again don't be afraid to step off your comfort zone it is okay it's gonna be okay you're gonna be okay and who knows man maybe something you need someone who's gonna be very special to you or you can be that special someone to someone else. Hey! <laughs> and definitely, you will definitely make each other's day. Trust me. And you can trust a brand new too. I'm pretty sure she agrees too. Speaking from experience. It's speaking definitely from experience. worth it. Go definitely. for it. Yes. We have come to the end of today's episode and we love your insights on what was discussed today. Share your thoughts on our Instagram at the youth underscore official underscore or send us an email at youthofficial2020 at gmail.com You can also email us any question or topic suggestions that you would like us to talk about in future episodes. Do remember to check out our website and Instagram account for more information. It's us, for the youth, by the youth, about the youth. Till next time, Sophie and Brandy signing out. Cheers.